where bad bitches read romance. I'm Bethany. I'm Kat. I'm Jess. Today we will be reviewing The Proposal by Jasmine Guillory. Yep. And how do we feel about this, ladies? Are we happy to read this? Are we non-feeling? Fuck this book. (laughs) Fuck this book. Fuck this book hard. Off to a good start. (laughs) Kat? Um, I didn't hate it, but I also did not like it at all. So it's a weird in-between for me. It's a shame because... You were the one who chose this from our jar, and we were excited. I was the last so time fucking we... excited. Yeah. I was like, this is what I want to read, and then it just let me down so bad. So bad. I want to apologize to everybody now. I'm not going to be nice, even a little bit, and I kind of feel bad, <laughs> but I really don't. Well, on that note, <laughs> Jess, would you like to read the synopsis on the back of our book so our readers, our listeners, have a little bit of backstory? Sure. So this is the proposal by Jasmine Guillory. When freelance writer Nicole Patterson goes to a Dodgers game with her actor boyfriend, his man bun, and his bros, the last thing she expects is a scoreboard proposal. Saying no isn't the hard part. They've been dating for only five months, and he can't even spell her name correctly. The hard part is having to face a stadium full of disappointed fans. At the game with his sister, Carlos Ibarra comes to Nick's rescue and rushes her away from a camera crew. He's even there for her when the video goes viral and Nick's social media blows up. In a bad way. Nick knows that in the wilds of L.A., a handsome doctor like Carlos can't be looking for anything serious, so she embarks on an epic rebound with him, filled with food, fun, and fantastic sex. But when their glorified hookups start breaking the rules, one of them has to be smart enough to put on the brakes. That sounds like it's supposed to be a really (laughs) great story. Yeah. And not happy with the reality of it. No. It no. missed the mark for all of us, I do think, right? In a big way for yeah. me. Which sucks because you were like, this is a good book. I like this book. And yeah. I was like, I don't. A couple chapters in, I was happy. It was like, heck yeah. And when- then I realized none of these characters change. There's no character development. The story is really boring. Who the fuck are these characters? Yeah. Who? Honestly, what do they look like? <laughs> They're store mannequins with names. <laughs> Um, mark the title of the episode as Store Mannequins. (laughs) Um, just reading that back cover brings up a couple of points. First of all, because he's a doctor, he can't be looking for a serious relationship. It's such a bullshit excuse. If you don't want a serious relationship, then you don't want one. Not because of your profession. Unless you're, like, weird, like, undercover or something, like a spy. But he's not. He's a doctor that lives where she lives. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's no, there's nothing stopping them. And I, can I also just point out that the back of the book, the synopsis just gave the entire story away. (laughs) Yeah, so you don't don't have to read the book. You literally don't. You just read the whole thing on the back. But we all thought, this is going to be great based on the back of the book. (laughs) First of all, no one puts on the brakes until the very end of the book. For real. Yeah. And they never really had rules, other than she was like, I don't want anything serious. Like, that was her only rule. And he was and like, same. That doesn't make any sense. I just, I, Ugh. two paragraphs, and I just, I, everything about the book has been given to you us. You could fill yeah. out a full-on plot map with anything you <laughs> needed to know just from those two paragraphs. For real. There's no mystery. There's no Which mystery. Which we weren't clued into until we all read it, because... We were like, okay, I read the full thing, even though it felt like a punishment. You skimmed through the last half, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I did. And then Jess, like, I refused. <laughs> I refused to go to bed last night until this book was fucking done. I had 196 pages left when I was got when I got off of work yesterday. The other night, not last night, but the night before last, I texted Kat and I was like, "Fuck this book." I was only 60 pages in at that point, and I was like, I, I am getting the audiobook. And I downloaded the audiobook, so shout out and thank you to Scribd. Please sponsor us. You're the tits. I love you. Um, God, you're the tits is such a good compliment. <laughs> you're the tits should be the episode. You're the tits. Um, so I, I got the audiobook, and I set that bitch to two times speed, and she sounded like a chipmunk, and I plowed through the last of it. 196 pages. And, like, this doesn't really count because it was the read-aloud version of the book, but you told me that the person reading made the Hispanic characters sound Asian, which makes no sense because those are such different accents. I cannot explain to you (laughs) how confused. But was it only because you were reading it or listening to it in such a high speed? No. Really? It was legitimate, like, I'm pretty sure that's an Asian, an approximation of an Asian accent, and it wasn't good. Oh, that makes it even worse when it's not even a good one. I was very upset, and I want to, just for a moment, let me tell you why I'm so mad about this book. Like, the first thing (laughs) that I said to Kat was, um, why does this sound and read like the fan fiction that I wrote in 7th and 8th grade? <laughs> oh my god, you know what? That's the perfect explanation of this book. The you writing and then they kiss. Like... <laughs> no, the sex, oh, the sex okay, we get one sex scene, and it wasn't that good. And then after that, it's the fade to black. Their first interaction where they make out, like, making out is very juvenile and kind of, like, I was creeped out by it a little bit, like, how excited they were to make out in a car on a hill. Like, really? You guys are in your 30s. Like, it's fun and all, but, like... I'm sorry, but I'm 30, almost 34, the same age as Carlos is. First off, we don't know how old Nick is. She's 37. Do they say? Mm -hmm. 34 years old like Carlos, and I can tell you right now, if my date decides they want to make out in a car on a hill... I'm going to let my date know they need to take a long fucking walk off a short pier. <laughs> right? Like, I'm all for, like, making out a little bit. But they were just so excited by it. it. It just, it seemed very juvenile to me. It was very juvenile. What do you think, Kat? I don't know. I, that doesn't really bother me. I think it was weird that that was how they decided to pass the time after he had, like, this emotional breakdown about his dad. Like, yeah. every time he shared something really personal, she's like, well, let's have sex now. And I was like, that's kind of a weird response to someone essentially crying in front of you who's, like, always trying to avoid his, like, real feelings. So I didn't understand that. I thought that was kind of... Hey, uh, ladies and and gentlemen, let's do everyone a favor. If someone you are kind of doing things with, whether that be romantic or just fun stuff, if they have an emotional breakdown and your response is, let's fuck, you are the toxic person in the relationship. And she was. Like, throughout the whole story, it was very apparent that she was, like, a piece of shit. Yes! And she didn't really try to change anything about herself, because she kept being like, I'm a bad bitch, like, don't worry about it, I have to just get over this, he's my rebound. Which, like, fine, if that's what you, like, really want to be. But her friends were also like, that's not a thing. Like, that's not your thing. We all know you so well, and that's not what you should be doing. 
She's like, no, but that's what I need to do, which is I weird. I felt that her friends were encouraging her. Her friends were super encouraging in regards yeah, to Yeah, they're that. like, yeah, it's your rebound, girl, get it. Yeah, so at the beginning, and then at the end, they're like, we knew you were going to fall in love. And it's like, you fuckers. Like, why Can did I you just, do that? Why no. did everybody in this book know what was good for her except for her? That's one thing that really pissed me off. Everybody had an opinion about how her life should be. And they were all right at the end. And they really, I think that part of the problem, maybe what you ran into is what I ran into, where everyone's correct about what she should be doing, which is fine, but she never actually has self-growth. Not at all. Maybe the last chapter, but that self-growth is her breaking into his house and decorating. (laughs) Decorating him poorly and being like, yeah, hey, uh, I do love you. Hang on a second, I'm raising my hand for a minute because my brain just had an epiphany. Oh, was she not worried at the beginning of the book that her ex, the one that proposed to her, Fisher, was going to be in her fucking house? And then she shows up at Carlos's house at the end and she's just there? You fucking creepy bitch. Oh. We've come full circle. <laughs> <laughs> she became the thing she hates. <laughs> that wasn't really transformation, it was like... Regression. There yeah. was there. Oh, shit. I want to say that this there was. The first. <laughs> right. I want to say that there was no character growth, but you can't really have character growth if you don't know who the fucking characters are. Oh, that's true too. To be fair, she point. did a couple of things that would signal growth in like a typical romance, where she like goes to Nina's family at the hospital and brings them food and stuff, and she like is out of her comfort zone and helps them cook and stuff. Yeah. Normally, that's in the middle of our book, like when we read. Like, literally any other book, it's in the middle where they have this kind of turning point where they're like, oh, shit, I do have, like, human emotions and needs Fix and her up. Fix her up. Yeah. It's right in the middle. It's like, that was the turning point, and for some reason, the turning point for this was, like, the last, what, three chapters? Yeah. Maybe? If even, yeah. And then it was, their big fight was also at the end, too. So it was like, everything was created to the end. It had some serious pacing issues. And she should have had self-discovery when she decided... To take the hit like a girl. I'm really mad that, or was it punch like a girl? Punch, punch like a girl. I don't like that name. I like hit like a girl better, and I don't know why. Can we um, have one of those classes here in Tucson? We do. We, we do. have a bunch of yeah. jail self-defense classes. I have a friend who teaches one. Oh my god, when are we doing on it? Occasion. I don't know. I'll have to ask her. Well, she's lieutenant now. <sighs> Shout out to you, Mrs. Carlson. That's what adorable. What was your hand up for? My hand yeah. was up. For the uh, the scene at the hospital, uh-huh. when you guys were reading that and listening to it, did you get the sense that Carlos was kind of like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, he, I felt really tense and anxious when she showed up, and right. then all of a sudden, with no explanation, he was just like, yeah, no, it's cool. Okay. It, it that like, was his emotional training. Wait, that's when he fell in love. Yes. And I why. realized that, but the way it was written, it gave me no relief. It was just like this ball of tension, and then his grandmother was like, "Okay, you can stay and eat with us." Yeah, but that, or, that was his mom. That was his mom. I thought it was his grandmother. I thought it was his mom. I don't fucking no, know. No, it was his it Tia and his mom. His mom. Right there, so it was his yeah. mom. Oh, it was the baby's grandmother. Yeah. Okay. Listen, well, regardless, the way you that skimmed was- it, I listened on audio, but there was a moment where I checked out and came back, and I was like, yeah. nothing fucking happened. Yeah, I know. I skimmed over, like, their fight and everything, because I was like, I don't need to read all the details. They're fighting. Oh, hey, I love you, I love you, I love you. Okay, well, that's the end. <laughs> I don't think I missed anything. You, you didn't. Not really, honestly. There- Having read, like, actually read everything, you didn't. Can we can we take a moment and talk about the pacing? 
Sure. <laughs> How? <Why not? laughs> I just, I'm so, so incredibly frustrated with the pacing of the book because you get the first chapter and it's like, bam, 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 bam. Here is literally the entirety of the back of the book. The proposal happens. She says no. He swoops in and saves her. And then it's done. Yeah. And then that was like all a huge time frame. And it wasn't even a huge time frame. It was like the, a further a couple days in the first two or three chapters. Yeah. And then the next entirety of the book is two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, yeah, six weeks. Yeah, they kept saying like how they now spend the night in each other's houses after so many weeks and stuff. I'm like, but wait. Yeah, that's you true. from yesterday to like a month ago really fast. Yeah. Because then the cousin has her baby and you're like... What? Like, I get she had it early. Like, she, I well, no, because but... it was the, over the course of, what was it? She was 28 weeks when we first meet her and learn about her preeclampsia. And then the baby so. was born at, what, 34 weeks? Yeah. Where so the they... fuck did those six weeks go? That's lazy writing. She had nothing to say. Exactly. And then to throw Fisher in there at the end after she hasn't actively heard from him was really weird, too. Yeah. Because I guess she blocked him. Yeah. But if you're that fucking crazy of an ex, you're going to find a way. Can like we... the different number thing. Yeah. Or the emailing you yeah. as a as a last resort <laughs> thing, which some Don't of us are familiar that. with. That's creepy. That's <laughs> not had those things happen. I have. Yeah. And it, it's uncomfortable and it's scary. But the fact that all of this time had gone by. And he just shows up. Yeah. It's and, been like three months. And she throws in some racism at the end, like sprinkles it on, like, oh, people like you don't get anywhere without people like me. Like, really? Why all of a sudden is he saying this to her when he was supposed to have been so in love? Like, I felt like it came out of nowhere, out of context, and I did not like that. It was difficult, especially, like, one of the things that we talked about before we started recording today was not knowing who our characters were, and that includes their ethnicity. Yeah. Like, we, I honestly didn't know that Nick was black for, like, I, I thought she was Hispanic or something. I only knew she was black because the cover. But even that is not, yeah. a, like, her hair you would expect. looks, it doesn't look like an Afro or, like, African-American She looks hair. like Dominican. Yeah. That's okay. part of the problem. We're Puerto Rican. The only reason I knew Carlos was Hispanic is because his name is Carlos Ibarra. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Literally it. I can't imagine, like, picture these characters at all. I don't know what they look like. I don't know how tall they are. I don't know what their body type is. I don't know. Her friends. I can visualize her friends. The Courtney and Dana. Dana or Dana? Dana. Dana. And Natalie, who is the instructor at Punch Like a Girl. Natalie is described way better than our actual main characters. It was very strange. And they were far more interesting. (laughs) Natalie was the only character I actually liked through the entire book. I didn't care about any of the other fucking characters. I liked Jesse. I will say I liked Jesse. The okay, Jesse is yeah, Carlos's cousin, who's pregnant. And the only reason why I like Jesse is because she likes serial killer books, yeah. and so do I. <laughs> but so does Nick, and that's how like that whole thing happened, right? Is that Nick's that only personality also, trait? <laughs> that was also a poorly written connection between like, oh, well, we have to make these characters kind of like each other, so we're gonna say this, like, oh, yeah. here's some. Books. She never talks about it again. Never. No. And she doesn't, like, why is she going to show up at the same bookstore? They should have introduced her, like, being in the bookstore at one point, and then, oh, a couple weeks later, oh my god, here's Carlos at my favorite bookstore. It Something like that would have made more sense to me. For instead me, of all of a sudden, here they are together. For me, it's like, in a world where, like, it was like a giant dream, 
where you don't know other people exist outside of your dream until randomly someone pops up in your dream. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's a really good way of explaining it. And it's, it's, it, the pacing was so strange yeah. that it, it Literally. felt, it felt like that in my life. <laughs> it just didn't, it just didn't do it for me. And there was a lot happening in the book that just didn't need to be there. You're right. And this could have been a novella. Okay. This also could have been a really, really good book about the fates, like throwing them together continuously because they never met, but they're always in the same places Mm -hmm. and they live kind of close to each other. Yeah. Like they never recognized each other or like looked up and been like, Hey, there's another person here at my favorite place. She also doesn't talk enough about her own profession, which I found really annoying because she's a writer She's and a journalist. She's a freelance journalist, which they is a big both deal. both have super cool jobs, as you were saying earlier, yeah. and they never talk about it, other than him throwing in some details about I'm a pediatrician. And, yeah. At a yeah. teen clinic, which, God, oh my God, they have to have, like, the best stories. And it's really sad, because when she's like, you have to tell me your best story, or, like, because his day was hard or whatever, I can't even remember what that story was. Do you was remember? there a story? The only story I remember him telling her... Um, I do remember the part where he's like, oh, this is my, but I don't remember what that story was. Yeah, she was like, I'll trade you for your best story or whatever. The only one I remember remember is a little bit towards the end where he had to call CPS. That's the only one I know. Yeah, that's the only one that I can recall. Maybe they did, I think it was when they went to get, like, Thai food or something. Yeah. And they described in great detail the food, but nothing else. I couldn't describe for you the restaurant or no. the way that they were dressed, even though I know she, like, obsessed over it. She had a she jacket. She had a leather jacket on. Yeah. <laughs> she felt real cool in. Yeah, that's which, all like, I know. like, fair. But <laughs> was it the middle of summer? Like, no. I don't know what we time frame it is. We understand they're in California, mm-hmm. but in a specific part of California. So I just... She doesn't say anything about time frame until the baby is born, and she talks about how she can't wear the jacket again because it's too hot. But up to that, I don't, when is this occurring? Like, I don't, there's no time frame. The, uh, baseball season. Cool. Like, I don't, but spring. Yeah. Ugh. So why is just it, always. Why is it too hot for you to wear a jacket later Unless on? Unless it's the end of baseball season, which would be the beginning of summer. But she was like, okay if that was a time night. frame where the baby was born in like May or something weird, you know, like, maybe. I don't know. All I know is, <laughs> we don't know what's going on. No. Okay, so we made a list, and I wrote it down, and I want to make sure we're going. So we talked about why the characters aren't described well, but we didn't really hit anything else on the list yet. Oh, no, we did talk about why everyone thinks that they know best for Nick, and that's annoying, because they're right. Oops. Oh, um, representation. Oh, yeah. This book would have been a great book. For us to read, if it had been done properly, with characters of color, with characters of all kinds, because we've every got every color, honestly. We've got Nick, who is African American. We've got Dana. Carlos. Dana's also African American. Yeah. We've got Carlos, who's Hispanic. We've got Courtney, who is Korean. Korean. We've got Natalie, who is white and bisexual. Drew, who is uh, Carlos's best friend, who is white. Who is engaged to a black woman. That had, for some ungodly reason, was a big fucking deal out of nowhere. Okay, to be fair, when I met people that I don't know are ethnic in, like, a weird setting, and it surprises me that they are, that it's like a weird feeling. And I think that's what she thought she was doing, but she did it in a really awful way. Because no one ever says, 
So tell me about your friend. Are they black? Like, that's really no. weird, and it comes off as racist. I've <laughs> never thought about introducing anyone and be like, oh, my black <laughs> friend. Or my Indian friend. Or my Asian and best friend. And that's not what you should do. And no. so I think I kind of understand. They were they went for the shock. And I think if the women had had, like, a private moment before the bathroom part where they did have their private moment, instead of just being, like, mad at their significant others and, like, how dare you not tell me they're black? Like, clearly that's not an important issue for those men. For them, well, yeah. why does why does it have to be a big deal that anyone is... Specifically in this book. A, yeah, a specific race. It's not, and we. I was telling you a couple days ago, like, we read other books with ethnic characters, and we loved it, and it wasn't an issue that they described their, like, hair routine before bed, or their skin, or their lips, or whatever, because none of it was, like, she's dark chocolate, which is the awful way to do it. <laughs> Please don't but, like, ever Alyssa describe, Cole yeah. does such a good job describing her characters yeah. without making it, like, they're the token people in that scene. Yes. Okay. Was anybody else thrown off? By the fact... By the whole book. Okay. Yes. I was thrown off by the whole goddamn book, too. As someone who is gay, I would love it if everybody was like, yo, this is my character, man. She's gay, or she's bi, or she's whatever. That'd be great. Was anybody else thrown off that Dana and Natalie were bisexual? Like, they didn't come up until, like, way later. Well, Dana's lesbian. Yeah, we knew Dana was a lesbian from the beginning. Must have skimmed that part. Yeah, (laughs) must have. Yeah, because the... The bartender or the waiter or whatever at their favorite place has been in love with her. Mm-hmm. And then she goes on to say that she's a lesbian kind of a little, a little bit later after that. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that was kind of inserted in there. And then the Natalie thing, we only really found out because she was dating Dana and then she did the interview. Yeah. Yeah. So that wasn't presented in the best way as well. The interview think. the interview was the only good part. <laughs> the interview with, with Natalie was the only good part in the whole book. Really? Yes. I told you I related specifically only to one line in this book, and I want to see if I can find it while you guys talk about, um, let's go for the taqueria scene. Oh, dear God. Because that's Bethany's, like... Okay, so I don't know if Jasmine Guillory thinks her readers are ignorant. We all know what a fucking taco is. A taqueria. Okay? Taqueria. Taqueria. Okay, I'm white, so I can't... I'm trying, okay? You're healthy. It, for me, that part was strange because she kept saying, I've lived in California for a long time. My whole life I lived in Sacramento. And, and her now... author actually does live in California. She lives in Berkeley. Does she? Yeah, that's what it's so I didn't read yeah. the fucking back. I did because I was so confused. I fucking unfollowed oh, her on everything. Bay Area you native who lives her? in Oakland. Oh, shit. Spill so, Oakland. Oakland. She should have done a much better job she describing literally every ethnicity if you live in Oakland. You live in Oakland. That is a very big ethnic conglomerate. Yeah. I'm so... Okay. But anyways... Back to the point. Yes, I did unfollow her on every platform that we're on. My Twitter, the podcast Twitter, my Instagram, podcast Instagram. I'm not sorry. Okay, but can we say, just because we do not like her book does not mean we do not like her as a person. It's a style of rating issue. It is. We, We just don't appreciate this kind of a book. No. Especially because she's the best-selling author. So other people do. We just don't. don't. (laughs) So this is the weird thing for me, though, with the taco part. She lives in California, and he was like, no, no, I'll order everything. Fuck you. 
Yeah, that's another way that he asserts himself and says, I know what's best for you. I Not, will. hey, would you like to try this? Or, oh, then he makes her rank the tacos. Um, They're all a 10, bitch. I fucking love tacos. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> and he thinks that he's having her eat something weird. Okay. It's not weird. But we grew up in Tucson. Well, I well, grew up in Arizona. You grew up in Tucson. I grew up even more. I mean, I kind of grew more. up everywhere. But, but yes, okay, but we've all mostly been in the Southwest, and that's yeah. a For huge... a very long time. So we have the Hispanic culture. Well, and he makes a big deal about the fact that she rates the tacos with, you know, carne asada is at the end. Yeah. And then she comes up and she does lengua. the lengua and the cabeza came first, but still uh, um, al pastor came as the very first. And like, oh. and he just made the the, the taco <laughs> face. Yeah, Al Pastor is good tacos. But it's all good. It is, but it's not strange food. No, well, some people, some cultures might find it strange, but she's lived in California for so long that she shouldn't find it as weird. She ate tacos that are basically meat from a cow's head and then meat from a cow's tongue. I grew up eating cabeza tacos and la lengua. It's it's good if you cook it right. You know what you're doing, and it's really good. It's in a taco. It's fucking phenomenal. It shouldn't have been a big deal no. that he fed her these foods. Like, and then he didn't tell her. And if someone didn't tell me what I was eating, I would have a huge problem. He asserted his dominance and he said, this is what it is after she ate it. Take a bite and then I'll let you know what you just ate. If my, my okay, first, first of all, don't do that to people. Well, cause you don't know what their allergies are. You don't know what their tastes are like. Yeah. What if you just bought, like, six fucking lengua tacos and she hates all of them? Can we also <laughs> say, like, discuss the fact that this is the only time in the book that we really get to hear him speak Spanish? Yeah. The only Which time. is something that he had to learn in school because his parents would not speak to him at home because they were afraid of him getting the accent and being made fun of. Which is even that's, more weird. That's a big deal, though. Like, that's yeah. something that should have been brought to light more. That's a huge Hispanic culture. That's a huge, huge area where the Hispanic culture is thriving. I mean, and it's not just because it's in California. I mean, we live in Arizona. There's a fucking... You know, this whole <laughs> state is Hispanic culture. I mean, I am... I've said it once before in this episode. I am so white, I'm see-through. And I grew up in a very, very, very dominant Hispanic small town. And the Hispanic culture was a main thing. Okay, so the problem with the, like, language issue is that is, like, a huge problem, especially for people who are first-generation Americans. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's totally understandable. But because in this book, they had so many opportunities where he interacts with his family, who's Hispanic, where they could be speaking Spanish and throwing in some more details about him as a person. But wow. it kind of sounds like he's the only one that learned Spanish. His tia, though, and his mom, they know don't Spanish. ever speak Spanish because they're in America. So I think and it's just a cultural just, issue. She missed the mark for me, yeah. where she could have added so much more about him and his culture. Yeah. Especially because of where they're living. It, it's, she missed the mark on the culture period end of story for all of the characters. Yeah. Except for Natalie. She got bouncy, happy white girl to a T. Which the was. Cheerleading and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Fucking frustrating. <laughs> I can't say dick all about like bouncy white girl because I cheered. I was you, a bouncy yeah, white girl. I was a bouncy white girl. But it, it was frustrating that we didn't learn anything about the characters period end of story. We know that Nick 
was proposed to at a baseball game. She doesn't like baseball. We know that she's a, jur- a freelance journalist. She doesn't like a lot of food. She doesn't. She is picky as shit. She, everything in her life. She has another ex who was a doctor, and now suddenly all doctors are the worst. The only thing we know about Carlos is that he's a pediatrician, and she thinks doctors are the worst. He has a red sports car he bought after his dad died. He doesn't drive it well, and his dad is dead. That's all I know. Yeah, he likes to bring up the fact that his dad is dead a lot. I mean, I did it as a humor thing. Sometimes I still do. I but, have a dead dad. But it's not really humor. It's grieving. It's grieving. For him, it is, yeah. But the way she would bring it up was, like, kind of jarring sometimes, because all of a sudden he would be depressing and be like, oh, my dad, blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, well, you could have done this a little bit more smoothly and introduced this subject and had, like, an actual deep moment between these characters there instead wasn't. of jumping right into, hey, let's fucking make me feel better. There was no yeah. there was no discussion, and I thought it was really weird, as someone who has lost their father, that the siblings, that um, he and his sister Angie... Don't talk about their father's passing. My sister and I talk about it all the time. I mean, shit, my dad's birthday is coming up. She and I are already talking about what we're going to make for dinner that day. She and I have, oh, hey, do you remember that time when we were kids? That it's, it's just the way of life. Or, hey, you know, if dad were around, he'd be really proud of us. Or if dad were around, he would love the kids. Whatever. I don't find it realistic in any way, shape, or form. That Carlos and Angie are siblings, they're very close, but they don't talk about their dad dying. But that just, that's a grief issue. Like, everyone processes their grief differently, and so maybe their characters aren't the closest. But after Nick gets to know him a little bit and encourages him to talk to Angie about it, they do. They go out, they have dinner together, and they talk about their dad. I would have loved to see a scene where they did have that discussion. Like, it was written on the page. They kind of, they, he talked about it. They did, yeah. But we don't get to hear the conversation between him and Angie. We don't get that bonding moment that... We don't get the moment of, hey, I need to let some things off my chest. And we don't get the insight into his life with his sister. No, no. We just get... He he builds her shelves. Her bookshelves? Listen, yeah. if I had a big brother who would come and build my bookshelves, I'd be really happy. Because I've got a fuck ton of bookshelves in here, and I had to build all of them myself. My brothers would just say, go fuck yourself, Bethany. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have an older half-brother that I've only met a couple times. Um, but he's up in Oregon, so he wouldn't come down here and build me bookshelves. He did refinish my mom's um, bathroom, though, while he was down there. Oh, that's nice. That was really cool. It was really weird, too, because it's not my mom's son. <laughs> Which is so fucking weird. He came down to see uh, my sister and I, and he redid the bathroom while he was down. He was like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> Rented a tile, saw the whole nine. I don't That's know. Cool. It's crazy. My brother, man. But it, it just was really strange that he's got this close relationship, and he, has to, he feels like he has to take care of his family now. He has to take care of his sister. He has to take care of his mom. He has to take care of his pregnant cousin who's going through something that's pretty hard as a pregnant person. I went through the same thing Jess did, um, which was really weird because her name is also Jessica. So um, Jasmine Guillory, please get out of my life. That's not cool. Um, <laughs> I, Another thing about his cousin, though, while we're on the subject of Jesse, Drew, not Drew, sorry. John. Um, John is treated like he's incompetent and he's not good enough to take care of his own wife. And that kind of bothered me. Well, it's it's that he's a pediatrician, so he clearly knows better. 
Um, sir, you're not an OB. <laughs> you're a pediatrician. You know about the babies after the fact, not while they're cooking. Yeah, and they do tell him that in the story. Yeah, yeah. which was which needed to be done. But Jesse was really the only person that I could kind of relate to, and it was in the past, and that was because of the fact I, when I was pregnant with my daughter, I was preeclamptic. I related to her, and the amount of people telling me, don't do this, don't do that, well, you can't do this, didn't your doctor? And I'm like, let me just fucking talk to my doctor. I don't know who you are. You're a fucking stranger. I lived on a military base, not in Arizona, nowhere near my family. And having strangers, oh, well, you can't do that. You don't, you're not my fucking doctor. My doctor will tell me. And him just being on her case, you know, your blood pressure. And she's like, I fucking know. Did you know when you are preeclamptic, you can't cross your legs? Because of the, the blood pressure? It raises yeah. your blood pressure. Yeah. yeah. Crossing your legs raises your blood pressure. I couldn't even cross... Blood pressure. I couldn't even cross my legs at the ankles. I couldn't take the stairs. I was on bed rest. I wasn't allowed to reach for anything higher than my head. Yeah. Yeah. And, but those are things that your doctor tells you. And it was frustrating for me that he just kept being on her case. Also, if I had a cousin who was that far up my asshole about everything in my life, I'd be fucking pissed off. Because he was like... Oh, I have to be there. No, you fucking don't, dude. You don't have to be there. You can take a deep breath and then go enjoy time with your fucking best friend. Did we ever get, um, Drew and his, like, engagement party, did we get a scene there? Or nope. did we just kind of jump to after? It was a time jump. I don't like that, because I thought, did I, like, was I skimming? Did I miss something? <laughs> <laughs> you did skim, but you didn't miss anything, because nothing happened. Miss- because I didn't skim up into that point, but then thinking back, I can't remember there wasn't anything written about it. Nope. You just kind of jump to it and hear about it in their conversation over the phone. Yep. Yeah. What kind of fucking book is this? I don't know, but I'm mad at it. Me too. <laughs> okay, we no, should... but we talked about this too, that I felt like it was a series of like cutesy events yeah. that would make sense in a plot, but they were just like cut and pasted, what like, did, to the timeline. What like, was, this yeah. will happen, and this will happen, and this will happen. You're My like, text oh, message okay. to Kat was, it was as if Jasmine sat down and wrote down all of the plot points that she wanted to hit. They were all weird and kind of different, but she was like, maybe I can make this work. Put them all in index cards, threw them on the floor, did a 52-card pickup, shuffled them around, stacked them all up, and went from the top of the stack to the bottom of the stack and just kind of threw shit in willy-nilly. This could have been, like, six different books. It could have. It maybe should have been different books, because... With a different author. The only line I felt that I really related to is on page 314. It took me that many pages. There's only 325 pages in that yeah, whole fucking book. Jesus. And it's on 314. But it's in the scene where she's like at the grocery store, the Vons. And First off, can I just say I really love Vons. Vons is a great grocery store. Yeah, we don't have them I concur. Here. We don't. We, when you go to <laughs> California, really Vons are the best. They are nice. Um, but the line that I related the most to you said, so stupid, but it makes sense for me why really, says she stuck her credit card in the stupid card reader that beeped at her like she'd done something wrong. The that was like, you know, you put the chip in, and it's like, burr, 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 and you're like, I know, what you told it? me not to remove it, and it yells at you. You made, made the target sound, first off, the only line in the book that you related to was about the fucking chip reader in the car. <laughs> That's so 
bad. I'm just saying. There was no, there was nothing else about the book that we could relate to, but a card getting put in a grocery store chip reader was the only one. Because it yells at you. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what's really annoying is when you put in the Target card, it goes boop, 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 boo, all friendly. But then if you put in a different card, like your own bake card, it's all pissed it goes off. at you again. And I'm like... Why is it two different noises? Like, They're angry weird. that you're not using They're, your Target like, card. They're subconsciously it's... trying to use their card so it doesn't scream. I don't have yeah. one because Target Ugh. doesn't own my life anymore. Okay, <laughs> listen. I have the debit card because I like to save any percent. I won't do it. Can't do it. Target will not own my life. <laughs> they already had a debit card. They had three and a half years of it. Although their debit card has a weird delay. I don't know if you guys know that. but It's like, like a week. It's like three or four days now. Oh, thank yeah. God. Cause it used but to if be you weird. if you pay your credit card there, they take the money within the hour. It, give me that money, bitch. So it's like okay. But anyways, that was the line I related to, and I was really annoyed by it because it took me three hundred fourteen pages to feel like I understood any part of this character and her like personality because of the card reader. That's frustrating. It's frustrating. 314 pages to get a single line that just made even just a little iota of sense to you. I None of it made sense. I there were so many it. things that we all complained to each other about. Jessica, like, ran text to me, I hate sour cream. And I was like, what? And I was like, oh, she's at that part of the book. She, oh, my God. Okay. I don't know if this is just that we grew up in southern Arizona and we know what capsaicin is, but she didn't fucking know what capsaicin was. And she didn't put a glove on to deal with the dried pe- chili peppers to while they were making enchilada sauce. Yeah, I, I skimmed over this part. Okay. Rookie fucking mistake. Rookie fucking mistake, and then at some point she touches her face, okay? Everybody knows you don't fucking touch peppers, not even bell peppers, and then not touch your fucking face. Peppers. You just no. don't do it. He gets her to wash her hands, and then she's like, Carlos, my nose is on fire. Oh, that dumb bitch probably did something and rubbed her fucking she face. She your nose. Yeah, and okay, I get it. I've done it too, but I wear gloves when I'm seeding any kind of pepper at all, period, end of story, or I wash my hands fast. Although I, I just uh, peeled a green chili, a very, very hot one the other night, and I was like, oh, it'll be fine. Rub my fucking eyes. And of course she did. crying <laughs> and red. Just, well, it was also annoying that he was like, sour cream should work, and then he admits he didn't know. But it's like any day. Works. Did he go to? Did he go to med school? I definitely put my hand in some Greek yogurt. He's had everybody who's anybody knows. Milk, guys, milk. Yeah. Well, it's the lactose. Milk. He's a foodie. Why doesn't he have milk? He, okay, because he's a bad. Foodie. He did have milk, but he didn't think it would. It was going to work. He needed something else. So but he that thought, makes no sense. Okay, so here's Is my he thing. Not Hispanic? He's first off. He's a pediatrician, which means he went to med school, and he doesn't know that dairy, lactose itself, is what kills capsaicin, and he didn't know that? No. And then she smears sour cream all over her face, and then it dries and gets crusty on her face. Why don't you take it off? Once it stops burning, you can wash it off. She dumb. Girl, she dumb. I was pissed. I was so mad. I texted Kat and I was I'm like, I hate it. It enraged me. Poor Kat was getting text messages and I was like, I fucking hate sour cream now. Which is really upsetting because I just want nachos with sour cream on it. 
Sour cream is good when used properly. When, when you're not like face mask. When it's yeah. oh, and getting crusty. I know what crusty sour cream also, looks sour like. Sour cream is not supposed to be warm for that long. I probably stunk so bad. It turns yellow before it gets crusty. Oh, God. And it gets thick and a little bit gelatinous. So we clearly feel that there's room for improvement. A I lot. started the other book because I felt like I wanted to see if this was like a one-off or mm-hmm. if this is an always thing. And as far as I can tell in the first four chapters of The Wedding Date, it's very similar. And that's unfortunate. But um, we have a couple more things on here. What else do we have? Um, the first one is curly hair. Okay. <laughs> okay, we'll start there. One thing we know about our character is she has curly hair. But now what kind of curls? And that's important because very important. everyone has different kinds of curls. And having asked a lot of questions of my friends who also have curly hair. We all have curly hair. Whether ethnic, we all have different curly hair. And there's different levels of curls mm-hmm. and different kinds of waves. Mm-hmm. And you just can't do shit to them. Kinky, coily. Okay, so first off, let's just point out what we're talking about in the curls. There are several instances where Carlos runs his hand through her curls. Okay, I have curly hair. I have very, very curly hair. A lot of people don't know that because I don't wear it curly any longer. It's very short, and I keep it straight for the most part. By short, we mean shaved. By short, we mean mostly shaved. (laughs) Um... When my hair is curly, you cannot run your fingers through it. You can't. My hair is fine and very soft, but when I am wearing it curly, you cannot get your fingers through the curls. Not only that, <laughs> you don't fucking touch anybody's curly hair. You don't fucking no. touch it. Even if you, okay, my hair, you can run your fingers through it if it's curly, but you're gonna fuck up the curls and piss me off. They're gonna get, <laughs> they're gonna get frizzy. They're gonna get so frizzy. And my hair, you're just gonna get stuck. Yeah. You're gonna she, get stuck in cat's hair. She has the biggest, most beautiful, luxury. even my own hands get stuck when I'm, like, combing it out, because that's a thing I do, like, finger comb it. hair. And it gets stuck, and I'm like, god damn it. So, let me but just... it's not tangled. It's just stuck. It's just, because there's so much of it. Let so me just much. say, as people with curly hair, we all three of us have a different method and a different routine for our curly hair. And I can tell you right now, if anybody comes at me with their hand outstretched, reaching for my hair. I want you to know what I went through. First off, what is silicone? What is parabens? I don't use those in my shampoo and conditioner any longer. Second, the curly way I, I, the, I, curly hair, hair method. Yeah, I don't use terry cloth on my hair, which means I have to use something else on my hair. Then I'm using different products. Blow drying, is that a thing I'm going to do today? How much frizz do I want? Do I even want that today? The thought process that I have to go through to make my hair curly is so intense that if anybody even attempts to come at me with their hand outstretched like they're going to touch my hair, I will fucking drop kick you. Yes. It's so much more difficult to wear your hair curly than it is to curl it yourself mm-hmm. or straighten it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any and other method of doing your hair. Just she the had, oils and the dirt and, like, yeah. it's, it's bad. It's she had, bad. Well, and she had no reaction whatsoever to him running his hands through her curly hair. And, okay, so this was another thing we talked about, kind of, was that they mentioned how she didn't wrap her hair, like, one night. They didn't mention it ever again. And then when he says he tucks her curl back in, and then it, like, gets loose again, that's not necessarily a thing if you've got kinky hair. Yeah. Because, like, Linda could do this, I have my hair in a bun, 
But all she would do is wrap the tail end of the bun around itself, and it would stay for hours. Yeah. So I'm like, what kind of hair does this woman have? I don't get it. Just so our listeners know, our friend Linda does not have the, like, kinky curly Mm -hmm. hair. She had very, yeah. She's half black, half Mexican, Mm -hmm. and she has the most gorgeous curly hair I think I've ever seen. Yeah. They're very tight, like, corkscrew curls almost. I, yeah, I just, so I so needed a lot more information to picture this woman who doesn't seem to be the woman on the cover. No, because that doesn't scream kinky hair that sticks to itself to me. No, and I'm all. not saying it should be a fro. I'm not saying it should be anything like specific. But this does not reflect the character that I felt was described, even though the description was really poor. Well, not only that, not only that, and we're not saying that. All African-American people have the same hair. We understand that the level of curl is different in everybody. Everybody's got a different level of curl. But I've also never met a, like, I've had a friend that just talks about how they can wash and wear their hair. No. A lot of people keep it really short, or they get it shaved, or they do some kind of a weave, or they have, like, this insane Hair hair routine at night. And none of that was addressed at all. And so I'm like, what kind of hair is this? Yeah, you cannot visualize this woman. Because I wash and wear, but I don't have African-American hair. Yeah. I wash wash and wear as well. Yeah, I I mean, We all, all three of us do. But there was no, there was nothing given to us in regards to her as a person who is African-American. And nothing about her routine other than she likes to get up early, which then we found out meant like, 7 or 8 a.m. That's early for me. <laughs> just, but as the person, like, I get up at, like, 4 a.m. Yeah. And so I'm, like, when I'm, like, oh, she's a writer, she keeps herself on schedule, I'm thinking early, meaning she's going to make herself get up and be active and stuff. I'm thinking, like, 6 a.m. and, like, doing stuff, because she talks about how she, like, does yoga at one point. I just, I just don't understand. It was difficult for me to try to believe anything in this book. We should really quickly point out that it doesn't matter to us that the character is black. We're just upset that the description wasn't enough information to help complete the picture of the person that we're supposed to know. Yeah. Because she could have been any ethnicity and had the same level of description. I would have been mad. We also want to point out that we are not bashing this book because it was written by an author of color. No. No. We, no, not at all. we here at the Phoenix Nest have very <laughs> strong feelings in regards to reading books by authors of color. We want to make sure that we're reading diversely. We want to make sure that the characters that we are reading are diverse. We do not, do not, do not strictly want to stick with crusty white authors. And I'm not saying all white <laughs> authors are crusty. I'm just saying wow. that we're not sitting here and, and only reading books by white women and white authors. That's not something that we want to do. Are there romance novels written by men? Yes. We should kind of delve into that as well. They're sometimes poorly written. They don't know how ladies' okay. bodies work. Oh, it's like that post about the boobs bouncing boobily, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking love that post. Her nipples greeted the sun. <laughs> I don't remember the last time my nipples ever greeted the sun. And she stretched, and her tank top came down a little or whatever. Oh my god, that post was horrifying. <laughs> it was awful. Her boobs okay. were boobily. So, we have one more thing to talk about, and we already talked about how 
Nick has trouble making decisions. Mm -hmm. And that people are often like, hey, this is what you should do. And she's like, no, I'll never do that. But then they're right. Yeah. And how that was, like, really frustrating. It's like she's a child, and that really bothers me. Yeah, Yeah. I think I can totally understand that. But the thing that we haven't talked about yet, sorry, um, is that she openly admits that she's afraid of Fisher because of his comments and his messages, which we're never um, told about, which is weird because anytime someone tweets that they're going to rape someone, they get shut down. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a thing. So if that was a thing, that should be part of what we're privy to, right? So she openly says how she's afraid of him and the other men who are messaging her awful things, but never tells us what the awful things are, just that they're scary. And then she lets a stranger into her house to look for the scary man. She lets him drive her around. She lets him take her home instead of having Dana and Courtney come get her. I understand leaving the the stadium. I totally understand that part because she needs to get out of there. And it was like a woman was also with her, and usually that's like your safe space is when someone who would understand your issue is also there. Um, I, but then she was just like, hey, big man I think is hot and Okay, I want to whatever. say something about her getting in the car with Carlos and Angie before she knew them. Sure. Just because she saw a woman and thought, that is a woman, I will be safe. There are serial killer duos who are male and female okay, but it's married. I don't care. My brain immediately goes, I will die. It does not matter. Call someone I know. I think it was more that she was grateful she was saved from having to be interviewed on the Jumbotron. Yeah, I just, that that goes back to the she reads serial killer books. Why did she fucking leave herself is the thing. She sat there for yeah. longer after Fisher she left. She said that there was a car coming to get her. She was going to get a lift or something, but she hadn't yet ordered the lift, which doesn't make sense. If someone did that to me, the first thing I do is go hide in the bathroom and call someone and be like, what the fuck do I do? Yeah. The first thing I would do when I was have you guys on a three-way call or a text and being like, this just happened to me. How the (laughs) fuck do I get out of this? Who was free and can come get me now? (laughs) Also, how many friends were there with Fisher? Because that was her ride, but they all left together. I don't understand I don't understand some of this stuff. I am so confused by most of everything that happened. Anyways, we're concerned that her judgment is not that great. It isn't. To be fair, I've had moments where I've been in situations with men that I don't really know, and I probably should not have gotten into a car with them or gone to places with them. But when I was much younger. I understand that. Doesn't mean it was good. Doesn't mean it was okay. But that's why we had that, like, that whole issue of, like, if you need us to come get you, we'll come get you. And it doesn't even sound like her friends have that. That's true. They That's don't true. talk about sharing the location. They don't talk about if this happens, we'll come get you no matter what. No one's willing to leave their job to come get her, which is weird. Which is so weird because the three of us are very much, if you need me, I will drop what I am doing right now. Or I will find someone who can do something for you. Which is the same way she treats her friends. But they don't treat her that way. She dropped everything to go save Courtney when her backup was gone. Yeah. Yeah. And Dana's kind of off in her own little world, which is kind of Well, she's an actress, so she has to be off in her own world, I guess. But (laughs) But whatever. still, you know, you could have, like, called or texted your friends. But we don't even get anything like that from her. Just, oh, we'll meet you at the bar. Yeah. Really? Meet me at the bar after Listen, I had the worst day of my life? If I'm having the worst day of my life, I want you guys to meet me here. I'm not going out yeah, in public. Yeah, meet me at my home. 
How many times? <laughs> how many times have we texted each other in the group chat and was like, "Hey, I had a shit day. Mount up, bitches. Let's go." <laughs> like if we've done it. Bring the wine. Bring the hookah. Yeah. Bring junk food. We need chocolate. We've all three of us have done it to Chocolate each other. On hand, a lot of times. A lot of times, it's on yeah. hand, or it's on its way on hand. Yeah. McDonald's is usually on its way as well. Yeah. But to have two friends that, oh well, we'll see you later. Like, well, no, I need you now. Yeah, that was really, really strange. There were a lot of inconsistencies in her relationships, and I think we were meant to think that that was in part because she's so. Like independent and stuff. Yeah. Which, as a person who would describe themselves as walled off a lot of the time, I still don't feel like that's very accurate. No. Mm-mm. I just, no. I, I don't know. I just don't understand. But yeah, we're concerned by a lot of things with this book. Not just like safety things, but like character development. <laughs> Any kind of choices, why the climax is so late in the book. Like the How last everything couple pages. just kind of, something will happen, and then you'll hear about it after the fact. You're not going to get any insight, you're not going to get any dialogue, nothing. It it's was very, be an afterthought. it was mm-hmm. very, this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. Oh, okay, like but, a second grader telling a story. Yeah. It felt... And she's a lawyer. Can I just say, I'm not a big fan of lawyers. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, because that's part of what we talked about earlier. We need to have have a a talk sometime about how many authors... Are lawyers. (laughs) ...have been lawyers. Yeah, it's Because there's a lot. There's there's quite a few of them who have worked... They're all very egotistical, in my opinion, (laughs) and in my experience. And they, they think what they have to say is super important. And if she had done this correctly and it had made sense, it would have been something important. Yeah. The di- diversity of the characters, just everything about it's it, it seemed... Bad. It's Yeah, no, the way it is, is very bad. I feel like you, all three of us, we could write the, the missing parts of this book <laughs> and publish it, and it would be so much better. Well, I just feel like there were so many opportunities for it to be a good story. There were. I agree with you. And then it just didn't happen. Like, I'll give her that we got her happily ever after. We, we did. did, which is one of the main things we all said we kind of like to look for in romance when we talked about it before. But I, I always feel like character development is so important to me because I want to connect and I want to be able to understand them as like, oh, I would do that, or no, I would never do that. That's crazy or something. But there was not one point where I texted either of you. I was like, this is totally a thing that you would do, or, like, some bullshit. No. There was I feel like never in all the point. other books, I'm like, you're so I this character. She tried to show development in Carlos when he and, um, What's-Her-Nuts broke up. <laughs> Nick? Nick yeah. What's-Her-Nuts. We cared that little about the book that we can't even figure out yeah, what her name I is. But he went to the doctor. He tried to talk to his sister more. You know, like, he tried to do these things that he wouldn't do normally. He's being a better man. Yeah, like, he he tried <laughs> a little bit. And that was that was all the development. And then with Nick, like, she went to the, the boxing class, and it was super condensed that's, and isolated. That's it. Yeah. It was, it was... They did, like, two things, maybe one thing each, and that was just, their, you're like, cool, their improvement. Thanks. And, like, oh, I'm being a better me. I needed more okay. from all of the characters. I needed a lot more from all of them. Yeah. I, there wasn't a single character that I felt 
like it mattered. But it, there was there was just nothing in this book that made me feel like I want to read any more from Jasmine Guillory, which is really sad because I met her and she signed my books and personalized Aww. them. And now I feel like I have to keep them even though I don't like them. I have to read them because I paid for them and I feel like it's bad if I don't. <laughs> I want to reiterate to our listeners that we do not hate Jasmine. No, we don't. We just do not like her book. We didn't like her writing style. And maybe, Jess, we should refollow her on the podcast on okay, uh, Instagram. <laughs> because we don't hate her. No. We don't want to put out the message that, oh, go and unfollow her. No. Because that's not what we want. No, well, don't, don't do that simply because I did it in a fit of rage. Because <laughs> I did do it in a fit of rage. That's just, exactly just what it was. Just a little fit of rage. She has some clarity now. <laughs> I mean, listen, first off, when I finished this book, I threw not only my phone across the bed, but I threw the book across the bed as well. I scared my cat. I'm sure she's a perfectly lovely person. I mean, I met her. She was nice. Yeah. I just don't know that I would pick up another one of her books. I hope to God I don't ever have to. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, I'm sorry, Jasmine, but this is just not anything I'm into. It's just, it wasn't right for us. Maybe you can learn from this review and put a little bit more effort into future books. We're sorry, and I'm sorry I unfollowed <laughs> you on all forms of social media. You're so open about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, like, so we've said our piece. Yes. We need to do our rankings. Uh, okay. Jess, I'll let you read this. Um, I am going to go with a 1.5 out of 5 stars. That is the lowest book, the lowest rating I've given to yeah. any of our books. And we read a lot of Regency on this podcast, and I don't like any of it. And they've gotten higher rankings than this. Yeah. That's, that's a mighty statement right there. It is. And I... I gave it, I gave, it's a mighty <laughs> statement. I gave it the one and a half because she tried and it had the potential to be a very cute book. It just did not hit the mark for me okay. at all. Kat, what'd you got? What'd oh you got? God. What'd you got? I'm going to go with a solid one. <gasps> I know. Wow. And I feel, well, I feel bad, but I just feel bad because I feel bad. Um, I like that we got our happily ever after because that's like a really key thing. I am super disappointed that the story just was not as good as I was led to believe it was. I was so excited to read this book. And if you heard our previous podcast, I was like overly excited about it. She was it. incredibly excited. And I was like, yeah. yes, we're going to read this one finally. And then I was excited because like who doesn't love weird proposals? And then it was awful. Oh, fair. So, so yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that. I'm going to go with the 1.25. Whoa, quarters. The the 0.25 is for Courtney and her cupcakes. <laughs> I love cupcakes. <laughs> she was my favorite character, quite frankly, just because of cupcakes, honestly. The one was because there was a bisexual character and a lesbian <laughs> character. Yes. That's about all I got for this one. It was so close to having such a well-rounded, diverse group. It if, really was. Just, it missed the mark. It's so hard. Yeah, if, if I, 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 yeah, I didn't want to finish it. I couldn't hardly. I I'm mean, gonna, I, I skimmed through the last part of the book. I hate read the last 196 <laughs> pages last night before oh. bed. And I felt yeah. terrible, but I just, it wasn't, it wasn't for me. It was not for me. No. And this I, is not the style of writing that I 
will reach for again. Listen, if I wanted to read fan fiction written by seventh and eighth graders, I can just go online. Yeah. <laughs> I can have you, you can have them write that if you wanted, but oh I also need a little bit more sex in my romance. I don't novel. usually hate Fade to Black. But because there was nothing really leading up to the fade to black, it was like, let's go to the bedroom. And that was it. And I was like, it reminded me of, like, the Western Christian novels that you read. Where it's like, and they spent the night together. And you're like, oh, shit. What they do? Did they just cuddle? Who knows? Nobody knows. And the next morning, they're like, she's a woman. All of the details that were left out of this book would make a really lovely book, I feel like. (laughs) Just, uh... Yeah. Do we I, feel the way uh, we feel because we came off of Fixer Up and we all loved it so much? No. No. It's because this book was very poorly written. I okay. specifically said, okay, because we came off of Fixer Up, which I loved, mm-hmm. and then I read The Right Swipe, which I was obsessed with. The two of us read it, And yeah. then I was like, is that why I hate this? So I put it down for a few days. I was like, maybe I just am not connecting because I'm so into The Right Swipe. And then I picked it back up and I was like, nope, that's not why. It's so bad. So speaking yeah. of... Um, Speaking of the right swipe, Kat, do you want to introduce that? Oh my god. Is that what we're reading next? Yes. Our next book is going to be The Right Swipe by Alicia Rye. Why do I ever know until the podcast? I find out when our audience finds out. (laughs) Surprise! (laughs) Well, technically before. Well, we chose... second before. (laughs) We chose... Kat and I chose this um, because we read The Right Swipe um, before we read The Proposals, right after our live show at Mostly Books. Um, Kat had come over. I, like an absolute idiot, I won <laughs> I won a copy of The Right Swipe, but forgot that I won a copy and then bought a copy, so I had two. Kat came over. <laughs> yeah. I like this. <laughs> Whiskers. <laughs> Kat came over and um, I was like, here, I have two copies, take this. And then the both of us started it that night, and the both of us were so into it that we had a hard time not reading it. Is it about dating on Tinder? Yes, it's like a kind t- of a Tinder-like like, app. Because I, so I was really apprehensive when I started the race wipe because I hate online dating mm-hmm. like with a ridiculous passion. I hate it so much. <laughs> it's so disturbing and disgusting. But then this book was really good. The book was really good. And I think part of what made it really good was that they addressed a lot of the issues that I have with online dating. Mm-hmm. And how creepy I feel it is. Yes. Like, they talk about it very openly and why it's creepy. And, like, someone (laughs) understands me. Which was kind of my feeling through the whole book. But, um, I thought we were just going to read it because it was my birthday month. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because she gets to... Is that a thing? Like, we all get to choose... I don't know. I'm the first birthday out of the three of us. Yeah. So, I'd say why not? Because you're... November and your December, so <laughs> guess who's reading more And then Regency. October we're doing <laughs> Oh, I no, thought you choose Western. Cowboys. Yeah, it'll yeah. be a Western. Okay, so December we're reading Westerns, and November okay. we're reading Paranormal Romance, bitches. Okay, I thought we were doing so that for October. We're gonna do it for October and November. I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> oh my god, but if you do too much of it, you know we start to hate it. I know, but that's okay, because I fucking love Paranormal okay, Romance. Okay, for us to hate on your novels, That's then. okay. <laughs> I, I can't guarantee that, because I love Paranormal stuff. No, paranormal I do, too, my but we also like Regency. I like Regency, and I, don't. I can't read it for a while. Oh, I like Regency. Love it! <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, we'll be reading The Right Swipe by Felicia Rye. And it's amazing. And it made me cry a lot, which is really weird. Cat cried yeah, five times. Yeah, you text me a lot I about crying. I cried so many times. Cat cried five times. And I, I never didn't cry. cry. At all. 
I didn't play once. I'm worried. Am I going to cry more than Kat, or am I going to cry less? I don't know. I felt like I cried because I felt so connected to the characters and, like, different parts of the story. And so maybe not for you. It's definitely not for Jess. No. But um, there were a lot I'm of times, super excited about it. There were a lot of times where I was reading things, and I went, oh, that's Kat. 100%. I even tweeted the author. <laughs> That I was halfway through looking at her cry three times and she liked my tweet and I was like, oh my god. And then I had a conversation with Alicia Rye about how having blue hair is literally the worst ever. It's fun in theory. It's Getting rid of it Twitter, is awful. Because I need yeah. to learn how to use the Twitter. We're going to teach you how to use the Twitter because Twitter is a shit. I tried to delete mine, but I couldn't even do that. <laughs> so I think I still so have one. So just buckle under the pressure and <laughs> I need to download it again and... You guys, am I still following mm-hmm. anybody? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so I do still have You still have it. We'll get you squared away. Um, Bethany, do you want to close us out? Do you have anything special to say? We've announced our book. All of our social media will be in the the description box. Well, um, I just wanted to let everyone know that we're kind of trying some new things out. Mm-hmm. The formatting of our podcast yep. and what we're doing on our social media. So look out for some of that stuff. We want to be more open and transparent with you guys about our lives and other things that we're reading besides what we are recording podcasts about. Yep. So look out for that. Um, I think I will sign off and I don't know. We don't know how to close these yet because we want something. Um, oh, I thought you were going to read one of your things. We want something fun to close off with. So I think right now we're going to start by um, reading a quote that's kind of cheesy at the end of ep- every episode. Kind of. They're so cheesy, but we love them. We like fortune love movies. them. And there's just so many, and we really want feedback from you guys. Let us know in our, our comments on Instagram. DM us. Tweet us. Oh, before we go, and before Bethany <laughs> reads the oh um, the longest closing <laughs> ever, <laughs> it is. But I just want to say, um, first off, thank you again to everybody who supported us on our live show for Bookstore Romance Day. And then also we want to shout out um, Book Riot's When in Romance podcast. Um, We want to say thank you so much to Jessica Pride, who is one of the hosts of that podcast. She was at our live recording. And she's so nice. She's so sweet. Um, Jess, 100%, you are my soulmate, so let your husband know, because that's a thing. <laughs> and uh, thank you guys again for coming, and thank you so much for the shout-out on your podcast. That was probably the highlight of our days. Yes. <laughs> that day, it was pretty awesome. All right, well, thank you guys so much for listening, and remember, a book is a dream that you hold in your hand.